In the early hours of the 20th of July 2008, a police helicopter flying close to Cardiff Airport in Wales has a near miss with a UFO. The three crew members report it and the story ends there. But then the media get the story and try to make it something it isn't. Do UFO stories like this need embellishing to be interesting, or do they do a disservice to ufology by confusing the issues? Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we look into both the event and the reaction by the press. And this week's episode is brought to us thanks to our wonderful Patreon patrons, and in particular, this week's Explorer of the Week, Dee Nandwani. Now, if you would like to help supporters just like Dee does, then all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash aliens explored and pick a tier that suits you. We have all kinds of rewards and benefits for you if you do so do take a look at that links are below but thanks especially to this week's explorer of the week Dean Andwani Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello listeners and welcome back to Aliens Explored, your weekly look at the mysterious skies and the deep beyond and those smoke-filled rooms full of conspiracists and such like, and people who don't believe that <laughs> smoke-filled rooms full of conspiracists. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, trying to do a Welsh accent. I'm Stu Jackson. <laughs> How you doing, Neil? Yucky da. Um, uh, well, you know, <laughs> I, I yucky da. I, I would like to do a big shout out for anyone who's working in private medicine. Fuck you, you money grubbing parasitical fucking leeches. Um, I hope that when your turn comes, that there'll be someone stood over you saying, "I'm sorry, but that's not covered by your insurance." I've clearly missed something. Uh, my here. nose, my nose is out of joint today, mate. My, my, I'm laughing on the other side of my face. I've, I've clearly missed something. Um, uh, something clearly um, political. No, it's uh, I've had a miserable trip to the dentist today. Oh, where um, where they, they they just looked at what I got. Oh, it's very complicated, especially no, it's not covered by your program. So I've cancelled my program. Uh. Um, but that was my wasted morning. Actually, I've been thinking of cancelling them for a long time. 
um, partly when they, because they used to be near where I lived and worked. Mm. And then I moved further away, but I was still working in the area. And then my work was further away, but my mum still lived in the area, so it would be a chance to drop in on her. And then they moved further away, a few miles, but not well, a mile or two. Um, and then they became this organisation called Love Teeth, and it all became very, very... Everyone looks like they've stepped off the set of The Only Way is Essex. Donald Trump shining white teeth and whatever. And then, but you know, as soon as you have a toothache or something, oh no, that's a bit specialised. I think, yeah, fuck you. Well, the beat button is going to so, ha- be having its work cut out in this episode. Yeah. And then I came home and Janet said, would you like to play Yahtzee to relax? And I said, yeah, okay. And I lost every single game, no matter how I did. I couldn't beat her. That doesn't help. So uh, it's been a, been a day of disappointment for me. Are, are you, is this your subtle way of saying that I've got to let you win this argument today? <laughs> <laughs> is that where we're going yeah. with this? <laughs> That's where we're going. And this argument today, we're talking about um, back in 2008, a police helicopter having a near miss with an unidentified flying object of some kind. Mm, yes, in Wales, hence hence my attempted to Welsh accent earlier. Um, well, I, I saw a story about Wales. There also seems to have been one over Birmingham. I mean... Around the same time. Uh, yes, um, I'm less expi- um, less familiar with the Birmingham one um, than I am the, the Welsh hmm. one. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I'll I'll look forward to hearing about the Birmingham one. Um, so yeah, hmm. like you say, this is 2008. This is the 8th of June 2008 at 0:40. Uh, yep. Hours so forty minutes past midnight in the morning. Forty minutes past midnight. So, so we're talking. It's going to be dark, isn't it? It would be absolutely that, pitch black. Gonna be, it's going to be that. Um, how how close were they to any kind of city and and light pollution? So this was above a place called Saint Athen uh, in Wales. Hmm. Now Saint Athen itself does have an RAF base. Um, and they were actually mm-hmm. coming in. They were waiting to land this police helicopter. Yeah. Uh, when they saw this, uh, in terms of where it is on the coast of Wales, so um, this is South Wales. This is right on the coast, mm. down the bottom, uh, really yeah. close to uh, a place called Barry. I mean, it's Barry, but mm. you know, you've got to say it with the Welsh oh, so accent. Right on, right on the southeast. Is that is that it's actually an island, isn't it? Or is, Barry is an it's island, called Barry Island. But it is very very close yeah. to there. Um, I mean, I think it's an island in the same way that the Isle of Dogs is an island, more a peninsula. I but, think. So. Yeah, I might be wrong. I, I think I might be wrong. Certainly connected by Britain. It's not far off the coast anyway. If it is an island, I went on holiday once there when I was a a kid when I was about ten. Right. We went to a Butlins. We went to a Butlins holiday camp, oh. and. On the other side of the road from the holiday camp, there was a big fun fair. So that was <laughs> we had a nice week there. A ten-year-old Neil would it, have been we well it. happy with that. I would have thought <laughs> very happy with that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, in terms of big cities nearby, well, it's interesting. Um, there, there are no big, big. I mean, there are big cities kind of 
uh, nearby in the UK compared to America. There are always big cities nearby. Um, but yeah. in fact, this is not far from Cardiff Airport, which is not in Cardiff. It's outside of Cardiff. Hmm. But um, yeah, it's only four miles west of, of Cardiff Airport. <coughs> Mm. And where we're saying it's on the coast, uh, this is the, the the bottom part goes over uh, what is known as the Bristol Channel. Uh, again, for our mm. listeners, so basically, over the other side of the water, you've got Bristol, funnily enough, um, which is in England, mm. and then Wales, being a different country, is is north of the Bristol Channel. Um, so it's the bit that comes in. Mm. Down the bottom of the UK, I'm trying trying to describe its location roughly for our uh, international listeners. Well, yeah, that that bit that sticks out, you know, that the where you've got Devon and Cornwall and such on the west hand side, starting with Bristol and then moving, yeah, yeah on, the, on the west coast. Yeah, that's a bottom, southwest of of Britain. That bit that juts out, and then north on the north side of that, yes. That uh, channel, there's there's uh, there's Wales. But do you know what? Our our listeners undoubtedly have access to Google Maps. So yeah, if you Google Saint Athan, A T H A N, you will find where it is from that. So yes, this uh, this police helicopter, and and that for me makes this uh, a particularly interesting case. We're not talking about. A private pilot. We're not talking about someone inexperienced here. We are talking th- three man crew and a police mm-hmm. helicopter who make this report of an unusual aircraft at forty minutes well, past. Midnight. I mean, most of our reports come come from at least from military pilots, don't they? So a lot do. They tend to be people who's who's. Um, not not noted for flights of fancy. Yeah. They fly their planes, but they don't they don't fly their fantasies very far. They tend to be very um, absolutely and well, even yeah. even as unimaginative. I think that's being un- unimaginative is a requirement for the job, isn't it? <laughs> you'd you'd think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, human mm. nature being what you know, these are still human beings. Um, whatever opinions mm. one might hold of the police, um, they are still mm. human beings. So, And human beings are fallible, we recognise that. But three of them together, I think, is a mm. less... Fa- uh, you know, that that's pretty credible in my view. Uh, now, unfortunately, they weren't able to capture any imagery of it because it was kind of... It was there, then it wasn't. Um, but the... The police themselves, when reporting this incident publicly or making this incident public, did describe the three man crew as an experienced crew. Well, so wait a minute. They, they they said that they they swerved to this thing came flying towards them. They they had to swerve to avoid mm-hmm. it. Then they gave chase, as um, for instance, a, a police car would do. If a police car had to swerve to avoid you crashing into them, they would give chase, wouldn't they? Because they would want they would want a word with you about it. Um, and they they chased it as far as the Bristol Channel before they started running low on fuel and decided they had to turn back. Well, here's um, where here's so where reports time, not, not one of them not one of them could bring a not one of them could get a, bring a camera to bear of any kind. Well, no, this is where reports vary because some reports mm. do say, "Oh yes, it it nearly hit them. They had to dodge out of the way." Uh, some reports mm. just say, "Well, it came close to them." 
and passed by. Mm-hmm. Um, some reports say yes, they they set off in hot pursuit. Other reports just say, well, no, they just reported it. Um. So it also says, I mean, just to get the story straight, it says they spotted a flying saucer-shaped vehicle hurtling toward them from below. So it was coming straight up at them. Well, presumably it then changed direction. It didn't continue going up. Otherwise they would have had, they would have been hard pressed. To, it wasn't something heading for orbit. It, it sort of, it must have leveled off at, a, at an altitude where they could pursue it. Although not actually get a camera to bear on it. Well, this is where, unfortunately, um, I think, I think the, uh, the current name of this particular game is telephone. Um, I think that that's what the mm. kids call it. Back back when we were kids, Neil, um, we'd have called it mm. Chinese Whispers, but I can understand why that might not be an appropriate name anymore. Um, mm. But the game goes that, you know, one person whispers something to somebody else and somebody else and somebody else and so on to you get the mm. end of the queue and the the original message is so garbled and so changed it doesn't bear any resemblance to the beginning. Um, well, there's that famous military communique, wasn't there, that uh, started off as send reinforcements were going to advance and reached reached its destination as um, send three and four pence were going to advance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of it. So, um, mm. I, yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued by this account you've read that says a a flying saucer shaped UFO. Well, hang on. Flying saucers, mm. as we know from this podcast, come in many different shapes and sizes and flavours and colours. Mm. Um, so which one? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> go for saucer shape. Well, the, uh, that's an interesting thing. So the whole term, the flying saucer, never described the shape in the first place. It described the skipping motion that it made as it flew, as if skipping a yeah, saucer but, across a lake. But I think it's fair to say that a lot of people inferred the shape from that description. Ah, uh, you're thinking lay people. Yes, right. people like myself. Okay, uh, that's that's fair enough. That's yeah. that's kind of what it's become come to mean, and 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 the way it's been portrayed. Um, yeah, I mean. I'm looking at this story in a, at a, in a magazine called Wired, mm-hmm. the online version, and it's got a picture of the the 1950s day the Earth stood still, <laughs> flying saucer yes. with the, with the, uh, the the robot stood outside. But that was, you know, a disc shaped what what we come to recognise as a flying saucer shaped yes. saucer. Yes. Um... And well, I've not heard any formal official accounts from this story of any particular shape. Just and and although so, literally, um, so the police described it as an unusual aircraft. But it, yeah, an unusual aircraft, and also coming from below. So they were they were over an airport. Had it taken off from the so, airport? Did they find again, out again? I. I've not heard that in the official report. Hmm. That it came from below. I I know it passed below them. Hmm. But I've not heard that it came from below. 
And how fast can a police helicopter go? Uh, oh, only helicopter. That's an excellent couple question. Of hundred, couple, couple of hundred knots, because obviously this thing was if this thing was flying past at say the speed of well something that was trying to achieve escape velocity to get into to break out of the Earth's orbit, um, that wouldn't be something they would consider giving chase to. But obviously it was going slowly enough that they think, wait a minute, <laughs> I want to work with these people. Let's get after them and pursue them. Okay, they they it can, wasn't just something that, that whizzed past them, vanished within a couple of seconds. They can cruise at a hundred and thirty knots, mm-hmm. uh, which is about one hundred and fifty mile per hour. So not that fast. No, not that fast. So obviously this thing, this thing that came that they near, narrowly missed, can't have been going much faster than that. If they would, I mean, if, if it was going let's say twice that speed. The pilot would just say, well, don't bother, there's no way we're catching that. Well, again, the official report says that they didn't make chase, that they just reported it. Okay. Uh, okay, uh, what I'm reading is is that they chased it mm-hmm. until they ran out of fuel over the, the Bristol, well, the coast. The Bristol Channel, um, and this story appeared in a newspaper called the Daily Telegraph, mm-hmm. which is um, obviously yeah, it has a political slant to it, very very right wing. Um, it used to be, I guess, a paper of record. Um, it's now, I think, not much more trustworthy than the Mail or the or the Daily Express, and just as balmy. In some of the stuff that prints, well, it's it's known uh, as the Tory graph now, isn't it? The Tory graph, yeah, but it's kind of it's like your elderly Tory aunt who's gone senile <laughs> and is now saying all kinds of reactionary right wing nonsense. Yes, I, I think since Brexit, I think since Brexit, it, they, they kind of lost their marbles. A bit. Yes, yes. Um, and what does the Telegraph say about this report then? Because this is pre-Brexit, so maybe they were a bit more trustworthy at the time. Um, well, the Telegraph is behind a paywall, ah, and um, with loads and loads and loads of pop-ups, so it's difficult to to read it. But um, okay, the, the Wired is just reporting what the British Daily Telegraph newspaper reported that they they had a, nar- a near miss with a what they insist was an alien spacecraft, and then they chased it. Seriously, at least that's what Britain's Telegraph newspaper reports. Well, I mean, this was it, it, at the time it was widely reported throughout the media. Uh, I know the BBC covered it. Um, hmm. Most of the daily newspapers um, ran articles on it. It is a theme amongst, particularly uh, the the newspaper uh, media. They'll hmm. embellish. They'll make stuff up to make mm. a story sound more interesting, sound more exciting, because mm. when you look at the BBC, the BBC account, now I know they have their own mm. slants and and they're um, mm. not entirely trustworthy, but, but theirs is a fairly sort of standard, oh yes, these police pilots, they, they saw, or this crew, they, they saw something they couldn't explain, uh, here's when they saw it, mm. Here's what they reported, um, and that's pretty much it. Whereas, you know, yes, others are saying, "Oh, yes," and they gave chase over the Bristol Channel. Well, no, the, the again, the official report is 
they observed it um, basically disappeared very quickly over the Bristol Channel. According to the BBC report, the Ministry of Defence spokesperson said it had heard nothing about the incident and then quoted, but it is certainly not advisable for police helicopters to go chasing <laughs> what they think are UFOs, the spokesperson <coughs> said. But it, this thing must have been around for a bit because there was a guy called George Witherington of St. Melons ah, yes. said he reported the sighting to police and was given an incident number. Ah. He's an ex-RAF glider I'm, pilot. I'm, now, sorry, the, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you. He reported an incident. It was a different one. Well, that's one thing, because he said he spotted the object. It, it seems to be talking about the same story. Uh-huh. Then it says he, he spotted the object at around 16.20 hours on the 8th of June. So this is 16 hours later, nearly. This, this again, <coughs> this is an example, and, and here the BBC are doing it, of conflating mm. two stories together. Um if you read the article very, very carefully, there's no mention that it's the same object, just that, and on the same day, just up the road, mm. uh, by the way, that yeah. was in St. Melons, the George Witherington uh, one, which is yeah. about 20 miles northeast of St. Athen. Um, like I said, so we're, it was in the know, afternoon later we're in the same that ballpark. day. Oh, yeah. I mean, within a reasonable distance. Mm. Yeah, he just... He happened to see an object with a lot of lights. Doesn't say it's the same object. We've got, on one hand, the official description. All we've got is an unusual aircraft from George Witherington, an aircraft with a lot of light. That doesn't mean they're the same object. But you have to really read it, doesn't, but it, it but carefully. It, it, but it's really, yeah, that's the problem with stories like this, isn't it? It's, it's got conflated. It's something the same day, or maybe it was the same thing. Yeah. It, it came back. Um, I, I know that it describes him as an ex-RAF glider pilot. Yes. Well, even that's conflating things, isn't it? He's He used to be in the RAF, and he used to be a glider pilot. Not, not to the, the RAF doesn't have gliders. Doesn't it? No, why would they have gliders? Uh, for training That's purposes, not... maybe? Um... Well, yeah, you, you might be trained in a glider, but that would be with a view to going to yeah, you'd sort of fly something else. I don't know. I mean, you might start in a glider. I... But um, he was just a glider pilot, was he? So he didn't, didn't graduate beyond that. Well, I don't know. I, well, maybe. Maybe he took part in the Normandy landings. Maybe he took part in the Normandy landings when gliders were used to land troops in France. There you go. Maybe he really was. He said he was a pensioner. I mean, yeah, although he'd be getting on a bit, wouldn't he, if he was a World War Two veteran? <laughs> In 2008, yes, that would be. Uh... <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I, we really have to be so careful about how we read these these articles, and, and this illustrates the point perfectly. You know, even the BBC, which is quite, you know, it's, it's portraying this picture quite coldly with seemingly hmm. bare facts and still it's it's not actually conflating because when you read it really carefully it does make it sort of clear that that it's two separate things um but it implies it, 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 it doesn't really because then it, it 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 talks about this guy Richard Fox, and then it goes back to the helicopter crew. Ah, yes, the the author. Exper- yeah, and then, so it's it's all interwoven. Yeah. It's not like going from incident to incident. It, it is 
It's a, that, so that's it's, the author who had a, a different UFO encounter in a different part of Wales mm. in the 1990s. I think it was the 1990s. Foxwell. He wrote a book about it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he wrote um, a book about you it. You know, completely different incident. But yeah, they're citing him. Why are they yeah. citing him if, you know, if he's not connected with this whatsoever, which he's not? You know, he didn't see it. He wasn't there. No. Um, so yeah. it's a garbled story, really, in the fact that it, the Daily Telegraph was the primary source. It, it really is. And as much as, a, like, the bare bones of the story, the, the absolute facts hmm. as we know them, which is very simply police helicopter saw an unusual craft at, you know, zero forty hours um, mm. near Cardiff um, in, in South Wales but it's a police helicopter I find that quite interesting um, the fact that they have reported this is in of itself quite interesting but but when you go into these media reports they they make such a big it's like well that wouldn't be interesting enough so we've got to like make it exotic well that I mean, I'm going to go on my own little rant now because that does ufology a massive disservice because all it allows is the 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 debunkers and the naysayers to point out inconsistencies and say, ha ha, look, it's all made up. And it's it's mm, maybe that's maybe that's by design. Maybe the way these things are reported is so that it can be easily debunked. That's a bit conspiracy well, I- theory, I know, but I can imagine the story wasn't written by a ufologist. It was written by someone who's, oh, God, what am I going to write about? And, and how can I how can I fill this article? How can I pad this article out to a thousand words or whatever it needs to be? 500 words. It's written by a person with an agenda. Now, whether that agenda is well, disinformation, whether that agenda is to make an exciting article. Yeah, whether that agenda is to pad it out because they're editors. But but the editor will be guiding that person and influencing their agenda. And who influences the editor's agenda? The owner. The owner, and who influences their agenda? <laughs> Nobody. They're along to their, their media mobile. Well, they, so they, they usually they, work hand-in-hand hand with the government. Work. Um, only because they can tell the government what to yeah. do. Yeah. But there are going to be can, quid pro can, quos as part of that. Yeah. If you if you win if you want to win the next election, you better do this or that or the mm. other. Um no, I, I can I can see yeah, bad journalism comes about because someone's just told, Oh yeah, we've had this report, check it out, give us give us two hundred words or five hundred words pad it out a bit with something else, you know, okay, well, I found some other reports of UFOs in the area. Yeah, okay, let's just all, let's all weave it all together. And by the time you've edited it all, you can't tell one from the other. Mm, absolutely. And you know what? I, I can remember the day, and I'm sure you can, when journalism, journalistic integrity meant something. It was, it was a meaningful statement uh, where... I think that was a that was a bit before my time, mate. Well, I can I can remember kind of compared to how things are today. Um, yeah, you read something in the paper. Okay, you would expect kind of a 
uh, a political leaning left or right, but, you know, ultimately mm. things that were stated as fact, you could expect them to be pretty much fact. You know, go back 30 years, 40 years. I, I think it, it depends on what they're reporting. And, again, it's going to be their their agenda, isn't it? But I, I think UFO sightings will always be either sensationalist or dismissive or or, or weirdly obsessive. Well, I think we're moving into a uh, a change now in the current climate where, you know, you've got the US government putting out yearly reports on UAPs and, and what have you. I think we are mm. shifting into the more credible age uh, with ufology. But um, And certainly... This this UFO report from the police helicopter might be seen. I think we see it now differently through today's lens than we would have done fifteen years ago when it happened. Um, fifteen years ago, it's like, oh, 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 look, even the police are seeing mm. little green men. Isn't it amusing? Isn't it a nice little peccadillo of a story there? Um, whereas now. If it was reported, I think things would be extremely different. Um, I think it would be taken far more seriously. There, there are a, an awful lot of gaps in this story. They, they don't seem to have determined if it came from below them, if it was taking off from somewhere, where it had taken off from. They don't really seem to have got a fix on where it was going. They, they certainly didn't call any kind of... Um, uh, control tower, any any ground support. To, you know, we've got this unidentified craft. It needs tracking. It hasn't triggered any Britain, any Britain's air defences. Well, it passed below them. It didn't. Yes. Nowhere official does it say it came up below them. Um. Well, it says it says in the the wild. Uh, yeah. I think it was no, the wild no, story. Was nowhere the, um, official. <laughs> No, uh, nowhere official. Does. I don't think there is anywhere official. It was reported in the Daily Telegraph. Um, came up, came hurtling toward them from below. So does that mean it was taking off from somewhere, or was it just flying lower and then suddenly decided to increase altitude, not really caring or knowing that there was a helicopter above them? Um, and then, but then, but no one in the helicopter said, "Okay, we've we've just had a near miss with this unidentified craft." They're not responding to any any attempt. At, well, it doesn't say whether they attempted to make radio contact with them. There was um, no attempt made. Which I would have thought. I, I, I would have thought if you were in an aircraft and you narrowly missed a police helicopter, you would hear them on the radio saying, you know, turn around and land at Cardiff Airport. Well, the, the crew at the time um, we want to work with you. were in constant contact with the control tower at the RAF base um, because they were waiting to but, land. Basically, but there don't seem to be any air defences triggered. No, no one's saying. Nope. I mean, did did they say that they saw it from the base? Did they say, yeah, we can see that thing you're talking There's about? No report. I'd say, yeah. no report from the base whatsoever. Yeah, and then again, even in the wild story, it starts mixing up um, different UFO sightings. Mm-hmm. They all they all get mixed and mingled, and um, yeah. 
I think you, you can make a story out of lots and lots, take a few non-stories, weave them together, and you've got something a bit more substantial. A bit more substantial, but also something way more easy to debunk. Yeah. Like I say, it it it, it didn't come up at them from below. It passed below them, that, and that's a very different... And, and it's also worth bearing in mind what a near-miss means in aviation terms. We're not talking like a couple of feet. Um, you know, a near miss is like coming within, I think it's, is it 50 metres or? Well, if, it, if, it, if you're talking airliners, it's a couple of miles. Mm. Yeah. Can be a near, can be yeah. a near miss. I imagine with smaller aircraft, with helicopters and light aircraft, um, they can get a bit closer before they decide whether that was a near miss. Yes, I would have thought so, and certainly at lower altitudes and and things like that. But yeah, I've hmm. I've, heard, I've I've seen, like you said, with the airliners, I've been on a plane that that had a near miss, and the other aircraft hmm. was like this tiny little blob in the background. You know, nobody hmm. nobody would really call that a near miss. But of course, these things travel at such high speed that it can. You know, it can it can mm. go from a tiny blob to suddenly in your face very, very quickly. Um, yeah. But yeah, there we go. Anyway, this I I think so. I think this is an interesting story for for two purposes. Like I say, the fact that the police crew have reported this gives it some credibility mm. in my view. And okay, well, there isn't much in the way of detail, but. That's fine. I think it's just another thing to add to the list of credible encounters. Um, but more so, yeah, and and <laughs> kind of illustrates this perfectly. You know the way the media reports. You've really, I think, with any UFO report that you read in the media, you've really got your work cut out to get to what actually happened. Um, on that day, that time, that that one time, yeah, not conflated with any other. Absolutely, absolutely. And now I'm, but I think we, I think we've even come. Across, well, we we did do a story a, a while back, didn't we? Where um, two stories were conflated because there were two things going on at the same time, or more a similar kind of time. We we did the, the lights in the sky over. Where was it? Over Phoenix or the, is it the Phoenix lights or I something like that? I think it was that? the second lot of Phoenix lights. Um, yes, because there have been multiple yeah, Phoenix but, um, lights. <laughs> hmm. That's it. Um, yeah, I, I know it's something. It's it has come up as a theme before in other things as well. Hmm. Um, but you would think, you know, ever since World War Two, when there were lots of planes buzzing over Britain, hostile aircraft flying over Britain. Hmm that they would have been able to track and differentiate between them, that this is the plane that did that, this is the plane that's heading in that direction, that's, you know, let's not get them all mixed up. Yeah. We, we can focus on each each individual. Maybe they can't. Maybe, maybe I'm overestimating their abilities. <laughs> maybe. Um, I'm not sure. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I can see a, 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 a dark mythology behind it like i say in, in terms of um making these things debunkable quite easily 
But I, I can also just see bad journalism, not very interested, don't believe in these things. Oh, okay, you want 200 words. Okay, I'll just dig something else. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask the coppers involved and then I'll fill it in with a bit of stuff we've reported before and you know, mm. boom, job done. I'll go home. Well, I'll tell you what, let's ask our listeners what they think. So do let us know whether you think there is a conspiracy theory behind it all or if it is just lazy journalism, as Neil says. Maybe even a bit of both. Uh, Who knows? But do let us know what you think about this story and all our stories uh, that we we share on the show here. Um, You can contact us via the usual means, of course, uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, all by searching Aliens Explored. Uh, You can email us, aliensexplored at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can join our Patreon program, patreon.com forward slash aliens explored. Pick a tier that suits you, and you will get access to our exclusive Discord server. Uh, so you don't want to, you, you might want to check that out. Uh, join us next time, though. Oh, I'm very excited for our next episode. I'm always excited for our episodes. I'm <laughs> never stop being excited you're a very excitable kind of guy well we've uh, it, do you know what it's a topic i'm amazed we haven't discussed it in depth before um but here we are we're going to be discussing it we are going to be talking about the men in black not the 97 movie but the actual men in black themselves oh and it's gonna hmm. be a good one i expect we'll be uh, getting quite heated neil Okay, I'll try and keep calm. Keep calm and carry on. In the meantime, listeners, do keep watching those media reports for UFO articles, but uh, take them with a bit of salt, a pinch of salt, perhaps. Uh, And of course, keep watching those skies. Take care for now. Catch you next time. Bye bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.